Star Wars 7x7 episode 3212. Today we're going to do our final deep dive episode of the season related directly to episodes of The Mandalorian. And we're going to focus on the outcome of the episode as it relates to the Imperial Remnants and the Mandalorians and what we might see ahead in season four. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we'll start by just recapping the fact that basically half a decade later, things haven't changed all that much. So from 4 to 5 ABY, like the year after the Battle of Endor, there was this Shadow Council that was trying to make the various Imperial Remnants look like not a big deal while they assembled it to try to deliver a knockout punch to the then nascent New Republic. Obviously it didn't work. <laughs> and so now here we are, 10 ABY-ish, and these Imperial warlords are trying to look like just disorganized people. Instead, they are still trying to coordinate a knockout punch, this time to a fledgling New Republic that is so far it's kind of standing on its own two feet but according to some reports yeah, it's a little shaky there's only so much that they can handle right now and the shadow council is composed a little bit differently because as you'll recall from previous conversations, and if not, then hey, this is a refresher. At the end of the Battle of Jakku, that's depicted in the Aftermath novels by Chuck Wendig, a bunch of folks escape into the Unknown Regions to start setting up the Next Generation Empire, which basically becomes the First Order. So a couple of those folks appeared to be operating out of the Unknown Regions in the Shadow Council now, particularly Commandant Hux, and possibly also Captain Pelion, because he seems to be very well coordinated with Hux. He's the one, along with Hux, who apparently has access to a whole ton of resources, according to Moff Gideon, whereas the rest of the warlords are having to scrounge for scraps. I think the strong implication there is that the rest of these warlords are operating in the known regions, if you will. And Moff Gideon, for his part, you know, somebody who is mining Beskar and creating these Dark Trooper suits seems to be doing pretty well for himself, not to mention the fact that his reach is just incredible. When you consider the fact that his base is on Mandalore, but he had operations going on Navarro, which is literally on the other side of the galaxy. We're talking like if you're looking top down, Mandalore in the northeast and Navarro in the southwest. Now, as a result of chapter 24, The Return, Moff Gideon may or may not be alive, but if he is alive, then certainly his influence within this Shadow Council is going to be greatly diminished because now he doesn't have anything to bring to the table, or at least certainly he doesn't have any of the Mandalorian resources to bring to the table. He lost access to another cloning facility and one that seemed to be farther along than the one on Navarro. So yeah, he's definitely in bad straits if he managed to survive this, although I imagine if he had one bolt hole on Navarro, he's probably got a few others across the galaxy too. As for the rest of the Shadow Council, well, it doesn't seem like there's necessarily going to be a power vacuum here. Moff Gideon was advocating for new leadership, but now he's out of the picture, at least for the time being, so that's not even an issue. It seems like 
Thrawn is being presented as potentially somebody who is in a leadership role of this group, except that nobody knows where he is or what his return situation is like. In the meantime, in the Aftermath novels, Admiral Ray Sloan was the person who was in charge of the remnant escaping into the unknown regions, and Commandant Hux was supposed to be reporting to her at the last that we knew about that situation, but Hux also has no love lost for Ray Sloan, tried to strangle her, in fact, at one point. So it's kind of telling when Paleon talks about Thrawn and his imminent return, Hux doesn't say, well, you know, what about Ray Sloan? How is she going to feel about that situation? I think Hux would probably welcome the displacement of Ray Sloan, but, you know, that's under the similar kind of mentality <laughs> of Hux saying that he didn't, uh, you know, our Armitage Hux saying that he wanted Kylo Ren to lose. I don't think he necessarily cares about Thrawn and would probably rather be running the show himself, but he just wants to see Ray Sloan lose. So we're going to probably have a little bit of politicking around Thrawn and Sloan. I'm making presumptions that Ray Sloan is going to show up in season four of The Mandalorian or whenever we get more activity with the Shadow Council and the Imperial Remnant. But yeah, that's, that's just a conclusion I'm jumping to. Meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, The Mandalorians. So The Mandalorians are getting their act together back on Mandalore, but I don't see them getting involved any further in this conflict. Maybe Bo-Katan gets tapped on the shoulder and she decides to do the Mandalorian a solid at some point and bring a few of her <laughs> Mandalorian friends with her, but yeah, en masse, the Mandalorians I don't think are going to be assisting the New Republic in helping them against the Imperial Remnant. And why? Well, because the New Republic wouldn't help the Mandalorians. And the New Republic wouldn't help Navarro either. I mean, just if you're not part of the New Republic, then you're not going to get aid in that regard. It's just, you know, that conversation that happens with Carson Teva and Elliot Kane, it would certainly be nice if the New Republic could actually go and help worlds that are not part of the New Republic and say, hey, see why it's a great idea for you to be a part of the New Republic, but they just don't have the resources to do it. So yeah, the Mandalorians seem unlikely to want to get involved, especially when you also consider the fact that very much this was a personal fight with Moff Gideon and Moff Gideon having established his base on Mandalore, having been the guy behind the Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears and all that. So the Mandalorians have pretty much settled their business with the Imperial Remnant. There's no vested interest anymore. They don't have a dog in the fight at this point, either for the New Republic or against the Imperial Remnant. They're just all about getting their society back together. However, that's only a temporary thing. There does get to be a point where Mandalorians do decide that they have to be involved in greater galactic politics. And that doesn't happen until 35 ABY. <laughs> yes, during the Rise of Skywalker, because Mandalorian gauntlet fighters are part of the citizen's fleet that attacks the Sith fleet on Exegol. But until that time, I don't think we're going to be hearing from the Mandalorians en masse necessarily. Maybe Dave Filonia will decide that they can be whipped up enough to participate in the grand movie finale situation that he's supposed to be working on, but yeah, it's not going to be happening otherwise anytime soon. And that is what I've got for you on our deep dive related to The Return, which was chapter 24 of The Mandalorian, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Now 
7577 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.